Tēnā koea, no mai, haere mai, my name is Will Appleby and you're listening to Animal Matters. We have some big news to report this week. Nearly two years ago, Agriculture Minister Damien O'Connor announced a review of the live export trade. This was in June 2019, following reports from Sri Lanka that thousands of New Zealand and Australian cows were suffering. It was another example of the risks inherent in the live export trade, and it renewed concerns that had been waxing and waning for decades. Well now, finally, and I do mean finally, the review is finished. The Agriculture Minister recently told Radio New Zealand rural news reporter Maya Bari that the Ministry for Primary Industries has delivered their advice, and a document is with Cabinet Ministers. It's expected a final decision will be made by Cabinet on the future of live export over the next month or two. MPI's advice hasn't been made public yet. It could possibly be made available under the Official Information Act after Cabinet have made their decision, but for now it remains a secret. Let's recap though. What was the review all about? Let's go over some of the boring stuff. The Minister directed MPI to lead a review of the livestock export rules to improve animal welfare and protect New Zealand's reputation as a responsible exporter. The review only covered cattle, sheep, goats and deer, which for the remainder of this episode I'll just refer to simply as livestock. It doesn't include day-old chicks or fish which accounts for 99% of all the animals we export, which is disappointing, but not surprising considering the export of livestock at sea is the most controversial and widely known practice. Day-old chicks and fish are a battle for another time. Anyway, livestock are exported only for breeding purposes, meaning the purpose for their export is not to be slaughtered upon arrival. In 2007, the government implemented a conditional ban on the export of livestock for slaughter, and since then, no livestock have been exported for slaughter at all. Today, these animals are shipped overseas to develop livestock industries in those importing countries. The review considered four options. Option one is a total ban. This could apply to all livestock, or certain species, or just certain aspects of export, like journeys over a certain length, or whether animals travel by sea or air. Option 2 is a conditional ban. This would mean the approval of the Director General of MPI would be required before anyone could apply to export livestock. This is essentially the status quo for the export of animals for slaughter, but it depends on whether it will apply to all livestock or not. Option three would be new regulations to improve the export system, and option four would be continuous improvements that wouldn't require new regulations. Damien O'Connor, the Agriculture Minister, has previously stated his preference would be for a conditional ban, like what's currently in place for slaughter. The devil will be in the detail, but this could basically stop the export of livestock by sea in its tracks. There inevitably would be a phase-out period. The discussion document for the review says new regulations typically take between 12 and 18 months to come into force from the time a review process begins. We've already well exceeded that time, but I reckon a 12-month phase-out period would be reasonably assumed. Okay, boring stuff is over. MPI's advice is now with Cabinet. That's 20 ministers, including the Prime Minister, 
all members of the Labour Party. The future of the live export trade lies with them. If you've ever considered doing any kind of activism on live export, now is the time. Contact the members of Cabinet. Email them. Even better, call them. Share with them your concerns. Tell them why you think live export should be banned. This is an absolutely crucial time for the live export campaign, which will be decided upon by 20 people in a room on the 10th floor of the Beehive. Those people, cabinet ministers, ultimately answer to you. If you'd like a list of those cabinet ministers and their contact details, you can flick me an email at animalmatters@safe.org.nz. So as I mentioned, the Rural News on Radio New Zealand reported that the future of live export will be decided soon. Bianca Atlas, a campaign manager at SAFE, was interviewed for that piece, which adds to the countless interviews SAFE has done about live export. I'd know because all of those interview requests go through me. Who we haven't heard a lot from are the players involved within the live export trade. There's been a few statements here and there from farmers who sell cattle to exporters, and last year an export company based in the South Island issued a statement following the capsize of the Gulf Livestock 1. Basically they were saying, don't let a maritime disaster inform the decision whether or not we ban live export. Considering most exports of livestock are by sea, it's kind of difficult to separate the two. Anyway, last week a spokesperson from South Australasian Livestock Services, or SALES for short, spoke to Radio New Zealand, hitting back at calls for the trade to be banned, warning that the impact on the farming sector would be significant. If we scratch the surface of that statement though, last year over 100,000 breeding cattle were shipped to China, to the value of $255 million. Compared to the $47 billion that agriculture exports is expected to bring in for the year ending June 2021, that's a drop in the bucket. The spokesperson also said that animals exported overseas are treated well in their destination country. They don't give any proof to back this up though. Instead, they use the vested interest argument, which has been used countless times by those who support live export. They say the customers in China paid a great deal of money for livestock imports, so they have a vested interest to look after them and extract a return from them. This one I have to seriously question. Dr John Halstrom has previously spoken about his concerns about live export, and he's an expert in this area. Previously, he was the Chief Veterinary Officer for the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries, which eventually became MPI, and he also held a post on the National Animal Welfare Advisory Committee. He says that animals exported overseas from New Zealand almost always end up in worse situations. And it's not difficult to figure out why. In China, animal sentience is not formally recognised in legislation. Animal cruelty is not explicitly defined in legislation. There are currently no nationwide laws that prohibit the mistreatment of animals in China. There's also no legislation that prohibits slaughter without stunning. That's just a snapshot. The World Animal Protection has produced a detailed report analysing the People's Republic of China's animal protection measures, or lack thereof, and it's not great. And that's really the core of the problem with live export. None of the countries we export animals to have the same level of animal welfare protections enshrined in law and regulations that New Zealand has. Most of the live animals we export go to China, 
But the same goes for all the other countries we've exported animals to in the past. If we can't ensure that the animals we export will be in the same or better conditions that they would have in New Zealand, then they shouldn't be exported. And that's simply just an impossible task. What's also proving to be an impossible task at the moment in Taranaki is even getting animals onto a ship. Although you won't hear much sympathy from me. Last week, the live export ship Ocean Ute arrived at Port Taranaki. It's understood the ship is meant to be exporting up to 4,500 cows to China. The ship arrived on the 5th of March, only to leave again due to bad weather. It docked off the coast of Kaikoura over the weekend before returning to the port early last week. Then it waited. And waited. Turns out they had engine trouble. As of the time of recording, which is Friday, March the 12th, the ship is still at the port while they try to fix the engine. It's now scheduled to depart on Monday 15 after another set of delays, but who knows whether they'll have it fixed in time. If you don't remember, one of the possible causes that led to the capsize of the Gulf Livestock 1 was engine failure. With no engine in rough seas, you have no way to direct the ship into oncoming waves. A large, top-heavy ship hit side-on by a large wave is a disaster. So engine trouble is kind of a big deal on these large, top-heavy, cumbersome ships. I suppose it is a good thing they're trying to fix it, and no doubt they have a lot of pressure to get it fixed, considering the lives of those on board is at stake. But the fact that they're having engine troubles at all is pretty concerning. These ships are old. Most live export ships, at least 80% of them, are converted ships. Most commonly converted container ships, but even passenger vessels and oil tankers have been turned into livestock vessels. Last year, The Guardian ran some analysis on livestock vessels and found the average age of the livestock fleet is 36 years, much older than the 20-year average for the global merchant shipping fleet. They're also twice as likely to suffer a total loss from sinking or grounding when compared with standard cargo vessels. One silver lining as a result of the delayed ship in Taranaki is this ship will be costing the exporter a ton of money, the cows will be stuck in quarantine for longer than expected, and the ship will be ticking up fees for each additional day that it's docked at Port Taranaki. Sadly, it's little help for those cows. One way or another, they will eventually be loaded onto a ship, and they'll never be coming back. The last topic of the day, and this one is kind of out of left field if I'm honest, is about foie gras, which is a highly controversial delicacy from France. Foie gras is the liver of duck and geese that have been force-fed, normally corn or some other grain with an additive, like fat. The process of force-feeding causes the animal's liver to enlarge up to 10 times its usual volume. If you want to, you can look up how they force-feed these animals. I won't describe it because it's utterly barbaric. You can probably put two and two together though. Anyway, it was brought to my attention last week, by a journalist actually, that the UK is looking to ban imports of foie gras, which previously they wouldn't have been able to when they were part of the EU. Regardless of what side of the Brexit argument you sit on, we can all probably agree the whole experiment has been a total disaster. But this is just the latest in a series of animal welfare policies the UK government is looking to implement now that they have the ability to do so. 
So this journalist got in touch with SAFE, asking what our position on foie gras was. And I thought, hang on a moment, can you buy foie gras in New Zealand? So I did some digging, and it turns out, yes, you can. Kind of. It's illegal to produce foie gras in New Zealand because the production methods are illegal, which is, you know, fair enough. You also can't import fresh foie gras. I haven't been able to dig out why this is, but I imagine it's possibly a food safety or biosecurity thing. You can, however, import tinned foie gras, and there's a number of places that sell it. You can buy it online, and it's available at certain restaurants that cater to a customer base with no ethics. There's a stuff article from 2012 where a Wellington restaurateur was being targeted by activists because it was serving foie gras. I don't know if they changed the name or if it closed down, but the restaurant doesn't appear to be running anymore. To be honest, I'm a little surprised that foie gras is even available here. But it makes sense though. Aotearoa was first and foremost settled by tangata whenua, and later by immigrants from all parts of the globe. They've brought their different cultures to Aotearoa, which includes their cuisine. It's one of the best parts about living in Aotearoa, that we have this big melting pot of different people from different cultures and countries. But we quite rightly draw a line at certain things. If the UK is going to put a ban on imports of foie gras, then perhaps we should consider it too. Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation, and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wa.